Many people argue that the book of Revelation is a Chinese puzzle that no one can really understand. Is that true? Stay tuned. Lamb and Lion Ministries presents Christ in Prophecy, a program that focuses on the fundamentals of Bible prophecy, showing how current events in the news relate to biblical predictions of end time events and the soon return of Jesus. Now, here's your host, Dr. David Reagan. Greetings in the name of Jesus, our blessed hope, and welcome to Christ in Prophecy. My co-host today is Colonel Tim Moore, the ministry's associate evangelist and my designated successor. And Tim and I have as our special guest one of our favorite people on planet Earth. His name is Wayne Gaylord. And Wayne is a retired banker who became a member of our board of trustees 26 years ago in 1994. Welcome to Christ in Prophecy, brother. Thank Wayne, you. Wayne, I'm very glad to have you here as well. I'm glad yeah. your daughter Yvonne was able to bring you up here today. And what a pleasure it is for us to have you on the program. Well, it's my honor to be here today. Well, In Wayne, fact, I have a, another big uh, appointment this week. Okay, what is it? Thursday, our my wife and I, mine wedding anniversary. What wedding anniversary is going to be? 66 years. 66? Wow. Hallelujah! That is wonderful. <laughs> Ann and I just celebrated our 60th, but you're way ahead of us. <laughs> Maybe you'll catch up. <laughs> okay. Now, folks, uh, at this point, uh, you may be wondering why in the world we're featuring a retired banker on a program about Bible prophecy. So, Tim, tell them why. Well, obviously, you mentioned that Wayne is a retired banker, and as I observed earlier, uh, he quit that job just because he couldn't have any interest in it. That after is a while. awful. I know Sam. It's, <laughs> it's really, really bad. No interest in that role. But Wayne has had a lifelong interest in Bible prophecy, That's right. and he's not only been a student of the Bible, he's been a Sunday school teacher involved in a number of ministries at and through his church and elsewhere, including right here at Lamb and Lion Ministries. So, based on his long interest in Bible prophecy and the Lord's return, he wrote this fantastic book. And so, we are here today to talk to him about it. And let's show him the book. I mean, it, that's really something. I mean, it, I, I could get a hernia lifting Takes two that. hands there. 550 pages. That's a two-hand two book called Finally Home, subtitled A Verse-by-Verse -verse Journey Through the Book of Revelation. That's right. Well, right at the very beginning you tell about how you got interested in Bible prophecy. Uh, you said that uh, when you were a child at 16, that you uh, read a book that got you interested by one of the famous American preachers. I was... Uh, Dr. Ironside, wasn't it? That's right. Yeah. Uh, I was involved with a youth group called Young Life at the time. And uh, the Young Life leader gave me my first Christian book. And it was a commentary on the book of Revelation by Dr. Harry Ironside, a longtime pastor of Moody Memorial Church That's in Chicago. Right. Yes, wonderful, wonderful teacher. And I read it with interest, but it kind of, I really didn't get into it till years later when I was driving back and forth to work and I had the radio on every day. And I came across a program called Christ in Prophecy. Now that was about 1987, wasn't it? Yes. And that really tweaked my interest. And the more I listened to it, the more it made sense. And you called me one day and said, let's have breakfast. I sure did. And, and graciously you said yes. And uh, 
Boy, that opened the door to uh, a path of prophecy, and I've never been the same. So, is that how you came to be interested then in the book of Revelation? Exactly. Well, you know, people always say the book of Revelation is like a Chinese puzzle nobody can understand. How, what, how do you respond to that? Well, it seems that Jesus came and spoke to the common people, made it simple, his message. He didn't go to the religious uh, <laughs> elites. <laughs> And uh, so, with that in mind, and the Holy Spirit wrote the book by inspiration in simple terms. And uh, so, that's why I think that, uh, that it's, it was very, very appropriate at the time. So, you're saying a person does not have to have a seminary degree to understand the book of Revelation? Uh, that's correct. I think it's fascinating, Wayne, that you were introduced to the book of Revelation as one of the first Bible studies, if you will, that you were given even as a young man. We hear all the time that it takes either an advanced degree or a lot of, of years before you'd be prepared to even open the book of Revelation. But as a believer, we're promised that we get a blessing just by reading it. And although you were introduced early and it took a while for that to resonate in your spirit, it was something that you returned to and again, because you had been introduced at such an early age. Mm -hmm. What was your motivation for writing a book about the book of Revelation? Well, there just seemed to be so much confusion about it, and a lot of people are, are just wrote it off by having nonsense, and I wanted to show uh, it is for our time. If there ever was a time for it, it's now with the things going on, and I tried to make it simple enough that the common people could understand it. They won't well, have to have You certainly did a, that. And, and didn't you t do a series of teachings on the book of Revelation before you wrote this book? Yes, I did. I was in a believer's class at uh, First Baptist Forney, and we went That's through... That's Texas. Forney, Texas. Suburb of Dallas. Our pastor always says, Forney, where's that Texas? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it took us three and a half years to go through the book. I think it took you longer than that to write the book, didn't it? It did. It took five years to write it. <laughs> you must have taken some of the lessons you shared in the class and incorporated them in this book, I would imagine. Yeah. I added a few funny stories in here. It made it longer. Uh, yeah, a whole <laughs> bunch of funny stories. <laughs> Wayne, you're fun. known as a humorist. Yes. I mean, and this book is full of funny stories. Yeah, my bad joke about you losing interest in your job as a banker was actually a uh, throwout to your uh, reputation for telling a lot of jokes. Some of them good, and others more like the one I told today. <laughs> but nevertheless, you make I, a very. I had the privilege of roasting Tim. Y yeah, okay. well, <laughs> in the you had the privilege. I didn't have the privilege. I was the roastee. But one of the things that I found fascinating even about the way you incorporate humor and other things is you do make your book about Revelation so relevant to today. So, a lot of people think Revelation is esoteric and doesn't have any practical relevance. What is your answer to that? I think it's very uh, relevant today with all the stuff that's going on. And uh, it, it reads just like you're picking up the newspaper. Mm. And it gives people hope. It certainly At does. At least those who are believers. It does. You know, people always say to me that, that I don't want to read the book of Revelation because it's just gloom and doom. Well, my point about that is it's gloom and doom for those who do not receive Jesus as their Lord and Savior and who stubbornly refuse. But for those who have received, it is only good news. Exactly. Yes, the book of Revelation has good news and bad news. And the bad news, of course, 
is those that have to experience the things that come about in the book of Revelation, and the good news shows you how to escape all of that uh, trauma that goes on there. And how, how, what do you mean by escape? Uh, by following, and we'll get into that in a little bit, but following uh, what the Revelation says, you can miss the wrath that is to come. How do you miss it? I mean, I, what are you talking about here? Are well, you talking about the rapture? Uh, uh, that's part of it. Uh, the rapture, and if people are not familiar with that, that's the sudden snatching away and meeting Christ in the air. And forever it says we will be with Christ, and those that have not accepted Him will be left behind on planet Earth to experience seven of the most awful years that mankind has ever... So, you're saying that the rapture is most likely to occur then before the tribulation begins? Absolutely. <laughs> well, excuse me. <laughs> Absolutely. I love this quote that you use in your book, uh, Wayne, because so many people will criticize, well, Revelation can't be understood. And you actually address that in a quote here on page four, early in the book, uh, by a man whose seminar you attended. And he said, Revelation was written to believers. So if non believers do not understand it, that is what they get for reading other people's mail. In other words, this is a, a message for believers. These were letters dictated by Jesus Christ to the churches of the day and age when John was living, but really it is an entire book containing good news and hopeful mm -hmm. forecast of what is to come in the world for those of us who already believe in Jesus Christ. You know, uh, Wayne, in addition to all of the wonderful insights that come from you personally, uh, you have done a lot of research in this book. Uh, last night I was reading it and I counted 17 sources for one particular point that you were trying to make. They, uh, you, 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 talk, you quote David Jeremiah, Jim Richard, uh, uh, Dehan, Ironside, John Hagee, Charles Dyer, Damon Duck, Andrew Rogers, Mordecai Ham, who, who converted <laughs> uh, Billy Graham, W.A. Criswell, Theodore Epp, Gablin, Henry Morris, Jimmy Draper, Charles uh, Clarence Larkin, John Walbert, and even Dave Reagan. Yeah, this guy named Dave Reagan. You called I wanted to make there. sure I was on the right team. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, these are who's who's about prophecy. It's just unbelievable. I, I can imagine you having a stack of books that high, and you're trying to make a point, and you're going through every one of them before you make your point. I have to know that and, he does and, have a stack of books that and high. And I cleared it with my wife. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's very important. That reminds me of the time I wrote a, a book for children about Bible prophecy. And uh, I gave the first draft to my wife. I was so proud of that. It took me, I, it was so difficult. I mean, this is for preschool kids, and I was simplifying. And she came back and she said, well, honey, that's a pretty good first draft, but buddy, you've got a long way to go. Oh, no. <laughs> Isn't writing a book kind of like giving birth to a baby? I mean, it just... <laughs> Did you think you'd and, ever get to the point where you'd send it to the publisher? <laughs> I had my doubts. <laughs> and we had some new neighbors move in not too long ago, and since they had a, a young little bitty girl, we took her, your book, uh, oh, Jesus that, is Coming. Oh, children's book. Huh? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Now, Wayne, i got to ask just from the mechanics of the writing. Did you write longhand, or did you type out, or did someone transcribe your notes? How did you make that well, happen? Well, I, I typed it on uh, WordPerfect on the computer. Very good. All right. How about that? Well, folks, uh, we're going to uh, pause here for a minute. When we come back, we're going to start hitting uh, uh, him with some questions about the book of Revelation. 
For example, we're going to ask him what about preterism. Some of you may never have heard about that, but we're going to ask him what it is and how he feels about it. And we're going to ask him about the most popular viewpoint in Christendom today. Many people think it's the premillennial view because there's so many books that have been written that have been bestsellers, but it's not. The by, by far the the overwhelming majority of Christians in the world today attend churches that teach what is called amillennialism, and we're going to talk about that. So. Just for a moment, we'll take a break and we'll be right back. Here at Lamb and Lion Ministries, we have several outstanding Bible prophecy speakers who are available to preach and teach at churches and conferences. Let me take a moment to introduce them to you. First, there is Colonel Tim Moore, our Associate Evangelist and my designated successor. Then there is Nathan Jones, our Internet Evangelist and my co-host on this program. We also have two outstanding Assistant Evangelists who serve the ministry part-time. One is Dr. Patrick Oliver who is Director of the Criminal Justice Program at Cedarville University in Ohio. He is also the former Police Chief of Cleveland, Ohio. Our other Assistant Evangelist is Pastor Vic Batista of Florida. Vic can preach in either English or Spanish. We are a faith ministry, so we charge no fees for our services. We just expect the host group to cover all expenses and provide a love offering for our ministry. You can find more detailed information about each of these Bible prophecy speakers on our website at lamblion.com. Give us a call. Welcome back to Christ in Prophecy and our discussion of the book of Revelation with John Wayne Gaylord who has written this book about Revelation. Wayne, let's pick up where we left off. And Dave mentioned that we were going to talk about preterism, the belief that Revelation is not prophecy, but it is actually recorded history because these folks uh, think that all of the predictions put forward in Revelation actually occurred in A.D. 70. So, what is your response to that viewpoint? Well, uh, I would say that they believe that 95% of prophecy was fulfilled in the first century. And that's kind of a strange belief to try to defend, uh, especially due to the fact that uh, there were about, uh, well, one place in Revelation says there's 200 million soldiers. Mm -hmm. yeah. And uh, there wasn't even 200 million men that could serve in the army at that time. No. I don't know how they... Well, so, basically what you're saying is, show me where it was fulfilled. Because uh, the only way they can argue that is they argue they spiritualize all of it. and say, mm -hmm. well, That's exactly right. They, they also would claim that the book was written prior to A.D. 70. And we know historically that Revelation yeah. was written in the latter part of the century, probably close to uh, AD 95. And when Rome overthrew Jerusalem and destroyed the temple in AD 70, that was years prior to the recording yeah. of Revelation. And also they teach that these, uh, these 200 million soldiers uh, resulting in the death of about uh, one-third of the, That's what uh, the world's population. Yes. yes. Where and, did that happen? Uh, where did that happen? Because the worst uh, pandemic, you might say, that we've had was in the 1300s when the bubonic plague wiped out 25 million people mm -hmm. throughout Europe. But that 25 million was not near one-third of the population. <laughs> it was about 400 million at that time. Sure. So, 
This is yet to come. The numbers don't add up. Well, let's move to the most widespread viewpoint about the end times, and that is taught by the Catholic Church and nearly all Protestant churches, amillennialism, that we are living in the millennium right now. It began at the cross, and it will end when Jesus returns. What do you think about that? The Bible is pretty clear as to per of the purpose of the millennium. Uh, first of all, it was to show how, the, how mankind should live on the earth following God's rules before the curse came in. And uh, people were living uh, at a long age. They uh, were getting along. There was no wars. And the millennium itself means a thousand years of peace. Well, this planet hasn't had even a hundred years of peace without <laughs> no, war. We've had a hundred years war, as a matter of fact, at one point, but not even that stretch of peace. But That's uh, right. people say that the thousand years doesn't mean a thousand years, that it's just uh, uh, it's, it, it's symbolic for a long period of time. Yeah, well, that's you can make it say anything you want to. There you go. <laughs> but, uh, you know, Dave has a favorite saying that when the saint, when the uh, plain, sense. plain sense makes sense, don't look for any other sense or you'd wind up with nonsense. Exactly so right. When you start spiritualizing, and not using a literal interpretation whenever you can, then uh, you're in trouble. You made a great point in your book that all of the references in Revelation, for over 400 of them, almost all of those verses, I should say, are alluded back to some passage in the Old Testament and all of the symbols and all of the, the other prophetic visions have an allusion back from the Old Testament. And so to be able to understand Revelation, you need to be a student of all of God's Word because really John wove in all those other visions and prophecies into that final book containing what the Lord declares will happen in the end times. And so it is not just make-believe and it's not something that we just build out of our own fancy. It is interpreted by Scripture itself. It certainly helps to have a working knowledge of the entire Scriptures. Yes, sir. Yes, that's one of the keys to understanding Revelation, without a doubt. You've got to know Old Testament prophecy. Daniel and Revelation fit together like a hand in a glove. The other one is the one that you're emphasizing, and that's plain sense interpretation. Just uh, take it. You know, uh, uh, Henry Morris, the founder of the Institute for Creation Research, he wrote a book about Revelation. He said, you know, people tell me you can't understand the book of Revelation. It's just, it's a puzzle. He said, let me tell you something. You can understand it. If you'll take it for what it says, it's not hard to understand. It's hard to believe. That's right. But if you'll believe it, you'll understand it. Exactly right. You know, one other thing that we observe talking about your book, Wayne, is that most Christians seem to think we're going to live eternally in this ethereal realm called heaven. That when we leave this planet Earth uh, and this existence, we just float around on a cloud. Yeah. But you counter that in your book. Where are we going to spend all of eternity with yes. Jesus Christ? Well, it doesn't make a lot of difference as long as with, we're with <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> I would agree with that. But uh, we're going to spend uh, eternity in a place called the New Jerusalem, which is suspended above a uh, renovated earth, cleansed of all of its sin and so forth. And... Uh, the fact that the Bible tells us something that we can look forward to in heaven gives us kind of a physical sense of what heaven is like. It's well, heaven have, is physical. It's yes. not metaphysical. It, it, it's gonna, it, it mentions a river. It mentions trees and 
flowers and you know, it wouldn't mention all that if God was not wanting to give us an idea of something that we can understand. And so it is a physical body. And there's even an understanding of time because there are different seasons, which requires a passage of time, although it won't have any, any bearing if we live forever, but there will still be a marking of time. The greatest book ever written on heaven was one by Randy Alcorn. Yes. And Randy says in that book, if you want to know what heaven's going to be like, he said, Go out on your back porch and look at all of creation and imagine it perfect. And that's it. We're going to be living on a perfect earth, a perfected earth inside a new Jerusalem with glorified bodies that are going to last forever. Boy, that's tangible. Amen. I'm not going to be floating around playing a harp. <laughs> no. You know, I grew up in a church that didn't believe in instrumental music, and yet the preacher would get up and say, you're going to go to heaven, you're going to be a disembodied spirit floating around on a cloud playing a harp. It was okay to play a harp <laughs> in heaven, but I couldn't play one down here. Yeah, well, <laughs> and Scripture says we're going to be like Christ. Yeah. And when He came back from His resurrection and with His resurrected body, He ate with them. He oh, uh, said, like feel, feel of my... glorified bodies we're going to eat. We're going to eat? I have this fantasy that we won't have to worry about gaining any weight. <laughs> well, that, that would be a good fantasy. We're going to have tangible bodies because he said, touch my body, feel yes. my wounds. My, yes. my pastor says that, that uh, manna in heaven is going to be deep dish pizza. <laughs> <laughs> okay. oh, to each his own there. All right. Oh, boy. So where we go from here, Tim? Well, a lot of folks that would claim today, even Christians, that we must be living in the tribulation. Obviously, much chaos and lawlessness is being manifest even in our own country. Are we living in the tribulation right now? Well, I don't think so because uh, Jesus said it would be the worst time in the history of mankind, these seven years. My question is, it's very clear from either, from both Jesus and the prophet Daniel, that the tribulation will last seven years. Hmm. So these people say, we're in the tribulation. When did it start and when is it going to end? No one knows that. So <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. Well, we know when it's going to start. It says yes, in Daniel chapter 9, it's going to start when the Antichrist signs a, a, a treaty with Israel. And that hadn't happened. That That's right. Happened. But I'm saying those that say we're in the tribulation oh, yeah. now, when do they say it yeah, started? Right. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, it's a uh, you, you know, it, when they, they talk about the being in the millennium now, Arnold Fruchtenbaum, who's a Messianic Jew, always says, if we're living in the millennium now, I must be living in the slum area. Of it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Jesus well, is not well, reigning in Jerusalem says, already. It says point blank that, that during the millennium, Satan's going to be bound so that he can no longer deceive the nation. That's the purpose. Show me millennium. one nation on planet Earth that didn't deceive today. That's exactly right. No. It's just... It's just crazy. Wayne, in the book of Revelation, there are many, many, many promises that are made to the overcomer. What is an overcomer? And how can some of our viewers become an overcomer? Let me mention just a few of the, the benefits, and then you can decide as to whether you want to be an overcomer or not. It says that the overcomers will have a new name that's only you and Jesus will know what intimacy that is. And then it says that you'll have power over the nations. I'm not sure what all that means, but it certainly sounds good. But one of the most important things is it says that the overcomers will not be hurt by the second death. What in the world is a second death? 
Well, we all know if the rapture doesn't arrive, we're all going to have a date with destiny, a date of death. But the overcomers will not be hurt by the second death. We know what the first death is. We all will experience it. But the second death is spiritual death, where you'll forever be separated from God. And so... The second uh, death is hell. The second death, the Bible even says that the second death is cast into the lake of fire. So with such awful warnings, how can you escape that and how can you become an overcomer? Well, a lot of teachers say you become an overcomer by enduring, to holding on, to persevering. Listen, it has nothing to do with you. And for such an important question, you need to go to scriptures. Don't take my word for it. Go to the scriptures and see what it takes to become an overcomer. And that's found in 1 John 5, 4 and 5. And it says, For whosoever is born of God overcometh the world. And this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. Who is he that overcometh the world, but he that believeth that Jesus is the Son of God? So if you trust him and believe in him, you will be an overcomer. You'll experience all these wonderful benefits and you will escape the awful consequences. Folks, if you are interested in getting a copy of Wayne's book about Revelation, the best way to do so is to place your order through Amazon.com. The title again is Finally Home. It is available in both printed and Kindle editions. Wayne, thank you very much for being here today and for sharing your perspective on Revelation and the tale of how we can be an overcomer as well. Thank well, you. folks, that's our program for this week. I hope it's been a blessing to you, and I hope the Lord willing that you'll be back with us next week. Until then, this is Dave Reagan speaking for Lamb and Lion Ministries saying, Look up, be watchful, for our redemption is drawing near. I want to take a moment to tell you about a wonderful Christmas present for children. What I have in mind is this book. It's a book for preschool and elementary school kids to introduce them to the glorious promises of God concerning what will happen when Jesus returns to this earth to reign from Mount Zion in Jerusalem. The book's title is Jesus is Coming Again. This is one of the only books about end time prophecy that has ever been published for children. It starts with the rapture of the church and continues to the end of the millennium to the beginning of the eternal state in the New Jerusalem on a new earth. As it tells the story of end time events, it focuses on the positive promises of God, like the promise that we will receive new, immortal, and perfected bodies that the blind will see, the deaf will hear, and the lame will walk. The book is printed in full color and contains dozens of beautiful illustrations like this one showing the marriage feast of the Lamb and this one showing the second coming of Jesus. It even has a coloring page at the end. The book is printed in large size with a very durable cover. It runs 28 pages in length, and in the back it has two special pages for parents, one with scripture notes and the other with teaching tips, including suggestions about how to use the book to evangelize your child. 
You can get a copy of this book for a gift of $10 or more, including shipping, by calling the number on the screen and asking for the children's book. This book would make a wonderful Christmas present for your children or your grandchildren. Again, just call the number on the screen and ask for the children's book. It can be yours for a gift of $10 or more, and that includes the cost of mailing. Thank you for joining us on today's Christ in Prophecy, a presentation of Lamb and Lion Ministries, a non-denominational ministry dedicated to teaching the fundamentals of biblical prophecy and proclaiming the soon return of Jesus. 